Hello and welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Regan Larson. I'm actually currently recording in my Man in the Middle podcast t-shirt right now, which feels super cool, super official. Uh, It really just feels like a dream. Uh, I'm going to try to get some more of these to give them out and sell them to you guys to support Man in the Middle podcast, as you already do with your listening and with your ears. So again, every week, thank you guys so much. Uh, for listening. Thank you so much for believing in what God is doing in my life. And I'm so thankful that you guys are even getting anything out of it. Um, really don't have much of an introduction today. Pretty, pretty short one. Really just want to get into the topic. I'm really excited. I know I said that about last week's episode and I probably said it about the episode before that. Um, but I am really excited about this week's episode because it is near and dear to me. Um, and things that I've been learning this year in my junior year of college and the things that God's been walking with me through and and revealing and showing to me. Um, And hopefully, maybe he's been showing the same things to you. And if not, maybe you can learn it through this podcast. Um, So yeah, I'm just going to be talking about what I've learned my junior year of college. Got to give another shameless plug to my good friend Maddie Mole and her podcast, Influences. She just did an episode on the things that she's learned her junior year of college. And I was listening to it and I was like, dude, God has been showing me so much this year as well. I think I want to do a podcast on what I've learned and make my own list. So I texted her. I said, you know, Maddie, I think I'm going to steal this idea. And she gave me the A-OK. So shout out to her for that. But and here I am with my own list and we're going to go ahead and get into it. This is in no particular order. Um, except for the first one. The, the first one's definitely set in stone, but the other ones uh, can probably be moved around a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to flow through these. I don't really know how long I'm going to take on each point. Uh, I might through, fly through some of them, but spend some more time on others that need to be spent time on. So let's go ahead and get into it. Number one, the biggest thing I've learned my junior year of college is simply Jesus is better. And I've talked about this continually on the podcast. Um, but this has just become such a reality for me this year and really every day. And like most things in our Christian walk, it is an everyday learning and everyday reminder and everyday surrender. Um, Upper Room has this song and it's called Give Me Jesus. We sing this so often in our Ignite meetings on campus, the student ministry that I help lead. Uh, shout out to them. I love those. Love those people. Um, that is that is my crew. That is my group. That is my community. Love them so much. They've helped me in so many ways. But we sing this so often in our Sunday night meetings. And there's a line in it that says, you can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. And it's like, dude, if you take everything else out of my life, um, take everything else out of this world, Go ahead and take it. Just give me Jesus. He is my one thing. And just living in this continuous surrender is so important. Um, and ultimately, this year, I've, I've learned so much that nothing else I've searched for or, or found in this life um, has, has loved me or fulfilled me or given me the purpose like Jesus has and placed and marked me, placed me in the places that I need to be placed given me the purpose um, that I've searched for and marked me with this calling um, that will carry me throughout the rest of my life, really. And nothing else um, has really fulfilled me like that and, and loved me in the way. And knowing this love of Jesus, I talked about it last week, but knowing this love of Jesus is better than any other thing and something that I can never turn away from um, or run away from because he is just so worthy. And 
this has been, again, a learned experience. I've grown up in a, in a Christian house. Um, praise Jesus for that. Uh, great parents, great family, great brothers. Um, growing up in a Christian house, growing up, going to church, all that. Um, but never really knew Jesus. And it really just boiled down to simply like, if, if you really want to know Jesus, spend time with him. Um, he's given you this book called the Bible. He's given us this book called the Bible, which is ultimately 66 love letters to you, to me, um, about the redemptive story of humanity through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's like your boyfriend or girlfriend giving you 66 love letters and you just not reading one of them. Um, (laughs) everything you're probably searching for is found in this book. Everything that he has to say about you, the love that he has for you is found in this book through his son, Jesus Christ. Um, so read it, spend time with him, find out what he says about you, find out, um, why he does the things that he does, how he goes about the things that he, he goes about. Um, it's, it's important. And that's where I found my life and my value. Um, through Jesus. And I think a lot of times we look at many other people and that are, that are deep in their faith or whatever. And they're like, Oh, like they just have it figured out or they're more qualified. And no, like that's not the case. No one is more qualified to follow Jesus than you are. And that's really the point is like, no one is actually qualified to go to heaven or to walk with Jesus. Um, but he, (laughs) Jesus, God, so loving and so gracious died for you and loves you so much. And he wants to have a relationship with you. That is, that is simply it. And that goes for everyone that has ever walked the earth, everyone that is walking the earth, and everyone that to be <laughs> walked the earth. Um, that is the same story for, for everyone. And no one is more qualified to follow Jesus than you. So if you want to know Jesus, just spend time with him. Tell him you want to know him. And he will reveal himself to you. So number two. Control your second thought and your mind is a window to your soul. So kind of two-on-one point right here. But this has been huge for me and something that I've really been big on uh, in learning this year in just controlling my thoughts. I think our mind is really powerful. And oftentimes we can't control our first thought, but we can control our second thought. And sometimes this first thought might be a a bad or a nasty thought, but your second thought should be to rebuke or not entertain that first thought. And I often go about this by just asking myself, like, why did I just think that? And just nip it in the butt right away. Don't continue to entertain it. Um, and really just present it to God because, you know, there might, there might just be something that just pops in your mind. It's like, dude, like that wasn't me. And that definitely wasn't the Holy Spirit inside of me. Um, so why did I just think that? I don't want to think that. Uh, just rebuke it in Jesus' name. Um, and another thing is just the the enemy might try to plant lies in your head about yourself. Um, but your second thought should really be always to rebuke that thought. Again, not entertain that thought and simply just say, like, compare it to, okay, well, what does Jesus say about me? Uh, and if it doesn't align, if that thought in your head doesn't align with what you know Jesus says about you, then it's not for you. It's not for me. Uh, And don't even continue to entertain that thought, but rebuke it and then fill your mind with the things that Jesus says about you. Um, And this life, this walk with Jesus is one, your mind is so powerful in it. And that's why the Bible tells us that we have to be renewed 
like have a renewing of your mind. It's a constant renewing of your mind. The way we talk, the way we think, the way we behave is all a representation of our soul. And as, as the mind, I said it before, as the mind is a window to your soul, it really just, it starts there. Like what you allow to enter your mind will affect your soul and who you are and the ways that you go about things and how you act and whatever. And we ultimately become, we become what we devote our mind to. So therefore devote your mind to Jesus and devote your life to Jesus. Surrender your mind and your thoughts and your soul and your heart to Jesus um, so that he can have control. Um, and that's a big thing that I've been learning and just a constant renewing of my mind, constant reinstating of Jesus because my flesh does try to take over and it does try to think thoughts that is not uplifting and honoring to him. So wanting to honor Jesus in that way. Number three, it is okay to say no. I don't know about you guys, but I am a yes man. And this is something that's so hard for me is to say no and I'm really still not good at it. It probably shouldn't even be this high on the list because I haven't, I'm learning it, but I haven't learned it. Um, and this whole list, I'm not, I'm not good at all of these, um, if any of these, but I'm learning them and I'm walking through them and trying to do them better every single day. But it's okay to say no, um, seriously. Don't strain yourself or spread yourself too thin. This is something my mom was telling me. I was getting involved in a lot of things, whether it be church and campus ministry and stuff with basketball and School, obviously, <laughs> I hate to say it, but school. And I was just spreading myself really thin. And it is better to, it is better to really be able to be present and pour out in a few places um, and then be poured into in other places than to be involved in anything and everything and not actually be able to give yourself fully to that area. Um, so that's something I've been learning. There's, there's a lot of, or maybe it's just like an everyday thing and someone asks you to do something for them and you're really not in the position to do it, but you don't want to say no because you want to help them out. Um, but you say yes anyway, and you're not able to do it in a joyous spirit. I always say, if you're not able to do something in a joyous spirit, don't do it because you're not doing it out of the goodness of your heart. You're trying to do it. Um, one out of your own strength or two, just to look good to others. And in that case, it's it's okay to say no, because, you're supposed to be doing things in a joyous spirit. And even if you're not, you know, that is, that is a hard thing to always do. I know that I don't always do things in a joyous spirit, um, but try to do so um, just because that's important and it affects people. So anyways, kind of ramble too long at that point. But number four, self-awareness is the first step to surrender. This is huge to me uh, many times, really every time, if ever, in our Christian law, in our Christian walk, um, we're never going to get it right. Um, and that's really, again, that's the point. And it, it presents our constant desperate need for Jesus. Um, but being self-aware of your sins or your struggles, it might be the most important step, um, to really just surrendering those well it, it definitely is the most important step because you're aware of the things that you're struggling with or, or sing, sinning in it's the most important step to surrender and then acknowledging that you need a savior and i tell my friends all the time where they're, they're coming to me for help or whatever um or asking me questions and they're like you know i'm really struggling with this thing regan and i'm like honestly 
man, I'm, well, let's talk about it, but I'm so proud of you for even noticing or being self-aware of that and knowing that it's not uplifting and honoring to Jesus. Um, and again, because self-awareness is the first steps to surrender. And if you're not aware of the things that you're struggling with or sinning in, then you won't surrender it and you won't turn away from it. You won't repent. So ultimately you can't fight flesh with flesh and acknowledging. And that's really just like the Holy Spirit inside of you telling you that you're not and like convicting you and telling you that you're not doing things the right way. So be thankful for that. Um, but presenting it to Jesus, confessing it to Jesus and allowing him to help you repent and to make a U-turn from those things. It's the most important step. So number five, allow yourself to heal. Won't spend too much time on this topic, but it is really a huge one um, that I've learned this year is allow yourself to heal. And I think I had a lot of scars and marks um, on my heart and on my life that I didn't even know I had. And I thought I moved past, but I really didn't feel those things. And this past year, I uh, went through a breakup and yeah, I really, I really loved and cared about this girl. Um, uh, but obviously it just didn't work out, which is all good. Uh, God's plan for sure. Um, but, and I still do like love and care about this girl. That's a different story. Not going to get into that, but, um, it, yeah, it was like, it was hard. And most breakups are hard, no matter what. And I think I just tried to move over it too fast. And I ended up getting hurt more and more. And that was because I didn't feel the feelings that I needed to go through and didn't go through what I needed to go through um, in order to get to the other side. But and it ultimately like elongated uh, the like healing process, I guess. I don't know. But allow yourself to heal. That's so important. And the in that process of healing, I noticed there was a lot of other things in my life that had happened before um, that I didn't allow myself to heal from or, or completely feel um, and go through, um, which hindered me ultimately. So number six, true leadership is through servanthood. This is just foundational to the gospel. It's foundational to the ways of Jesus and looking at the ways of Jesus Ultimately, everything he did was through humility and through servanthood. And he often met the needs of the people in serving them and then presented their need for the gospel. Um, when we look at his interaction with the woman at the well, uh, he met the woman at the well and said, woman, I'm thirsty. Like, give me a drink. And the woman was thirsty as well. And Jesus says, hey, but, and I know you're thirsty, but you're not thirsty for a cup of water. He's like, you need the well of life, and I am the well of life. And whoever drinks of me will not thirst again. Their soul will not thirst again. Um, so just one of my favorite interactions. But Jesus, he sat with sinners. Um, he humbled himself and washed the feet of the very people that were to betray him. And even washed the feet of Judas Iscariot the night that he would turn him over to the Romans. And this is just pure humility and went to the cross in pure humility, uh, didn't say a word, didn't speak, uh, but took the sacrifice for our sins. And I think when we understand how high Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father before the very beginning of time, before anything was set in motion, seated at the right hand of the Father, when we understand how high he was, we'll understand how low he came and humbled himself before us to dwell amongst us, show us that he is the way, the truth, and the life, show us the way that life is meant to be lived. And the very same hands that formed you are the same hands that hung and, and died for you, died for your sins on the cross in pure humility and love for you. Um, and this is the same way in which we are 
to lead uh, in servanthood and in humility and in love. Um, but yeah, this is this is a huge thing I've learned in many of the aspects of the leadership that I've been gifted and God's placed me in is just leading in love, leading in humility and leading in servanthood. Um, so yeah. Number seven, catch the fireflies. This ultimately just means cherish the moments. I don't know about you guys, but like when I was younger, I used to go outside and it was like spring and summertime. The fireflies start coming out. Fireflies are endangered. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that's crazy to me. Maybe it's because people are catching fireflies, but catch fireflies. Um, and when I was younger, I used to go out there and I would catch fireflies, whether it be in like my hands or in jars. And when you catch the firefly, you, you hold it in your hand, but then you like, you barely peek your hand over and you can see the firefly still lighting up in your hand. And I've related that to just cherishing moments. And when you're going through something, cherish the moment you're going through. Don't forget to, to take a peek at, at the goodness or the blessing that you're walking through and really just allow moments to mark you. I believe that everything can change in the instant of a moment. And even if it's a bad thing, uh, even if what you're going through is a bad thing, open up your heart vent and open up that situation to God because what the enemy meant for evil, God can use for good. This is so important. And just, again, surrendering those things to him uh, and enjoying every moment. Moments can change everything. They can shift perspectives. They can sh shift um, life trajectories. Uh, so allow moments to mark you. Really cherish the things that you're walking through. <laughs> Be where your feet are. That's actually one of my other points that I'm going to get to. Um, is be where, your feet, be where your feet are. But yeah, catch the fireflies, enjoy every moment, um, enjoy what you're walking through because God has you right where he wants you. Number eight, it's okay to be friends with people that don't think the same as you. Um, this has been something that I've learned tremendously this year. And oftentimes I think that I actually enjoy these relationships the most is the ones that I know that they don't think the same way as me or, or live life the same way as me. Um, I really value those relationships because they often push me to have the hard conversations and think outside of my own beliefs, ultimately leading me like to believe more so what I believe because it pushed me into like deeper study and ask myself questions on why I believe what I believe and stuff like that. And ultimately, you can learn from anyone, I think, and whether that be someone from a, a different background or belief system or political view, um, that shouldn't hinder your relationship with them um, because you can still be friends with them, even if you don't agree. And that's I think there's a lot of value in those relationships. Um, so what what someone believes or who they voted for or whatever doesn't define them as a person, uh, but love them in the same way. Be friends with them. And I, I think that this has really helped me. Also, I kind of want to touch on the you can learn from anyone statement. Dude, I've like <laughs> I've been in situations where I completely just neglect people because I think that I know more than them or that I'm further along in life than them. I don't know. This is just like a humility thing that I'm <laughs> that I'm working on for sure. Um, but I end up learning so much from them. And, and I didn't I didn't think I would. 
And whether it just be like a statement they make or just the way that they um, generously give or love or just light up in the light that they give um, has been been so life-giving to me. And you can learn from anyone, truly. So never neglect anybody. Uh, That's something big that I've learned this year. Number nine, listen to listen and be slow to speak. My mom growing up has always told me you have two eyes and two two ears and one mouth for a reason, Regan. Uh, Meaning she was probably just telling me to shut up. But um, there's a lot of value in listening to listen and watching to watch and uh, not being quick to speak. Uh, But one, think about your thoughts before you say them. But yeah, I think I, I was in a lot of situations, praise God, where people like asking me for help or like I was wanting to help. Um, and I would I would be listening just to give a response. And that wasn't right of me uh, just to show, I don't know, maybe like some wisdom or something like just to give them wisdom, uh, just listening just to speak. And that was wrong of me. And that's something that I've learned is there's so much value in listening just to listen. Uh, and being slow to speak. And many times, the times that I have just listened to listen and just comforted the person or whatever the situation was, um, that has given more value than me trying to fix them. Because ultimately, I can't fix them. Only Jesus can. And Jesus was probably, I know for a fact, a really good listener. So number 10, you need people. Simply, (laughs) this life is not meant to be lived alone. Uh, I've been the guy who has just tried to cut everyone off and tried to do it my own way. And simply, it just does not work. And I've definitely learned this a hard way. And the more you push yourself away from people, I think the more you push yourself away from yourself, uh, because we need people. We're meant to live life together. We serve a very relational God. So of course, <laughs> we thrive in relationships. And even if you don't feel like you need somebody, maybe God has placed you in their life because they need you and they need you to show them light and show them Jesus. Um, but yeah, we need people. Um, we need community. You can't do this life alone. You definitely can't do this walk with Jesus alone. Uh, and there's so much value in doing it together. Jesus even had a group of disciples that he did life with. Um, so we need people. Number 11, lead with love and love without expecting anything in return. This has been this has been huge uh, for me, is just to always make sure I'm walking in love, and the Bible talks about in First Corinthians to do everything in love, and if it's not done in love, then it's done in vain. And ultimately, <laughs> Jesus is love. God is love. To so to be without love is to be without Jesus. Um, and I never I never want to operate out of my own strength. I always want to walk in light, be able to walk in, in Jesus. Um, and if I'm not walking in love, if love is not my motivation, um, if Jesus is trying to, if trying to show Jesus is not my motivation, then I'm ultimately in vain. Um, so love and generosity, not an investment, love and generosity, not an investment. When you love, when you're loving an investment, you're loving, expecting to get something in return. So you're really not loving. You're just investing in somebody because you think that they can give you something that you want. Uh, and oftentimes, this is the weird thing just kind of about our society. Uh, but the more you love, the less you will be loved in return. And 
uh, yeah, this is really weird to me. Uh, but be okay with that. And, and love without reservation. And love doesn't always look like, I don't know, like hugging up on somebody um, or <laughs> comforting them in the way that they want to be comforted. But love is truth. And the love that you're showing somebody might not always like resonate with them right away, but it will in the long run, I promise. Um, and love is truth. And the truth often will offend people because it's not exactly what they want to hear, but it's what they need to hear. And the most loving thing you can do for a person is tell them the truth. And this is something that I've learned, whether it be just doing evangelism or just having the hard conversations is present love or present truth, but present it in love. Um, because if I'm just condoning the things that you're doing, um, and I'm not there to commend, um, because there's plenty of things that I do wrong. Um, so, but I want people to tell me when I'm in the wrong, because I think that's very loving. Um, but leading, leading with telling the truth, but leading in love is very valuable. And it's really okay to care more than someone else might. It's not embarrassing. The fact that you care about them when they're not caring about you speaks volumes uh, to who you are, what Jesus is doing in you and your character. So number 12, be where your feet are. This is something that my coaching staff at Charlotte says all the time is be where your feet are. Don't don't look back to where you came from. Well, don't don't neglect where you came from. Always remember where you came from, uh, but don't dwell in the past. Don't look forward to the future so much. Like you should look forward to the future, but don't dwell in the future. But be be where your feet are. Be present in the moment, um, and you're there for a reason. And I think that I often move quickly through life or easily get distracted in the moments that I'm in. Um, this is I learned this most largely on the scale of uh, if you guys don't know, I almost quit playing, playing basketball this year at Charlotte. Uh, just because I felt like God was calling me into full-time ministry, which I still feel like he's calling me into. Um, After college is going into full-time ministry. What that looks like, I don't really know. Uh, God will reveal it to me, which I don't know. It's kind of a a weird uh, place to be, be, maybe a bad place to be, but I think it's also a really good place to be because it's just kind of like, you know what, God, whatever you want, you have my yes, uh, because I know where you're calling me, where you're taking me. But I really felt like God was calling me into full-time ministry um, and just devoting my life completely to that, but learned that you don't have to be in full-time ministry to be in ministry, and that exactly where I was was my ministry um, on the team and showing light and love to those guys, and you're always exactly where you're at for a reason, and learned that in that situation this year, and I'm so thankful for the gracious character of my coaches to be able to walk with me through that. And yeah, just so, just so that I did have purpose there, that I, that I was loved there. Um, and ultimately obviously did not end up quitting just because I came to that conclusion that I was there for a reason. And at the moment in my life that I'm in right now, that is my ministry. And obviously I'm in a lot of different ministry and leadership roles, which praise God for, um, that's nothing to say about me, but what he is doing in me, um, because if you knew me before this, man, it, it would be a completely different story for sure. Um, but just the journey he's brought me on has been so incredible and one of the greatest mercies uh, of my life. But 
so yeah you're 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 there for a reason be where your feet are uh you're exactly where you're supposed to be be present also really quick actually before i move on to the next point if you guys struggle with this um and maybe just forget to enjoy the moment and catch the fireflies and be where your feet are and be where God has you, I would strongly recommend reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, It is a really, really good book. It really changed my life for sure and changed my perspective on this. Uh, One of my coaches actually gifted it to me, so (laughs) thank you for that. Coach Vic, I don't know if you're listening, but you're the man. Um, But yeah, so read that book. It's really helped me. Number 13, we're kind of winding the list down here. I've moved through this pretty quickly, um, so I'm sorry if I've gone too fast. But number 13, don't waver from the truth, but walk in meekness. Um, this really goes back to what I was saying earlier of, of leading with love. Um, but truth is love, and love is truth, vice versa. Um, and I think I've learned this greatly in doing on-campus evangelism with my boy Skylar, um, but always presenting the truth in meekness. It's important to be to be humble and to be gentle in presenting, one, the gospel, but two, anything else. And man, a lot of times passion comes across um, as like anger or being mad, but it's just passion. It's just because we love and care about the person that we're talking to. And want them to know the truth, um, but always usually find myself taking a step back after the conversation or whatever it is. Um, and like, man, I could have been more meek in that conversation uh, and in that interaction. So, but we can't waver from the truth um, to always present the truth and not waver from what we believe and not waver from who Jesus is or compromise uh, because. The truth doesn't compromise. The truth is the truth, no matter what. Number 14, don't live by praise and don't live for praise. Um, there's a there's an old quote. I don't really know who it's by. I, sh- no, I have no idea. You guys can look it up. But I just remember someone saying this quote in a sermon. Uh, and it was, when you live for their praise, you'll die by their criticism. And ultimately, this just goes to the whole man in the middle, never too high, never too low um, statement and and way of life, really. Uh, But just always kind of find a way to stay in the middle is if you're if you're too high in their praise uh, and you're living by that, then when they start critiquing or criticizing you, you're going to die by their criticism and finding a way to just be firm in the foundation that. God has built for you and standing on his love and what he says about you and his truth, because that never wavers um, and not necessarily always worrying about the opinions of others. Um, Because I think I've fallen into this trap of doing things for the likes and for the love and wavering from the truth uh, just to be liked or just to be praised or saying all the right things um, when, when talking to people or speaking um, just for their approval. Um, and this is dangerous. This is a dangerous place to be, um, for the simple fact that it is, you'll, you'll live for their praise. You'll die by their criticism and the gospel. It is confrontational. It is in your face. It 
is countercultural, is counterintuitive. It is oftentimes not what people want to hear, but it's what they need to hear. So if you're preaching that, uh, you probably won't get a lot of praise from everyone, but you'll get it from the right people and the people that need to hear it. Um, so that's something that I've learned for sure. Number 15, this is the last one. Um, I, I probably could have. This is, this is a cut list, by the way. I had like 22 maybe on my original list, but I cut it down just because I felt like that was going to be too long. So just 15 things. So number 15, talked about it before, but empathy is foundational. Um, this is a foundational way of Jesus is empathy. And I've s- simply just found the value in being able to take a step outside of myself and put myself in someone else's shoes Um, And this goes for really every aspect of my life, Um, but especially just like relationally and relating to people um, and understanding what they've gone through, what makes them who they are, the experiences they've gone through, um, and being able to put myself in their shoes to relate to them um, and then to speak to that um, and really what Jesus says about it um, and to lead with love in in those areas. It is so valuable. Again, Erwin Raphael McManus, he's a pastor of Mosaic out in California. Um, He says that empathy is the highest form of intelligence because it allows you to put yourself in someone else's shoes and see things that other people in the room might not see. Um, And I just think there's a whole lot of value to empathy and taking a step outside of your view, your own little world, um, because it's not about you. It's never been about you. It is about Jesus and is about relationships. Um, so the quicker that we learn that, I think the more light we can spread and the more truth we can spread to be able to meet people's needs and love them in the way that in which they need to be loved. So that is my list of the 15 things I've learned my junior year of college. I definitely moved through those pretty quick. Um, so I hope you guys got something out of it. Maybe you've been walking through some of the same things. Um, and God has been teaching you some of the same things, Um, but really just seen a lot of growth in my life over this year. Um, A lot of of highs, a lot of lows, but trying to stay in the middle, right? Um, And I've been super thankful for this past year, Um, and I think it's really just set me up for my future and for what God has for me, um, whatever that is. And again, this is, these are things that I'm really still learning every day. So maybe, maybe my title will be I haven't really had my title yet so maybe I'm gonna change it now that I'm talking about it now is things that I'm learning through my junior year of college uh because I I'm not perfect at any of these things um and I'm still walking through them with you guys um so thank you for joining me on this journey every single week of man in the middle podcast again if you guys want to come to the ignite national summit July 28th through the 30th hit me up let me know um and i can point you in the right direction it's going to be awesome going to have some pretty cool speakers there and more importantly god's going to be there and his presence will be there for sure um and just a lot of great people a lot of great community um so let me know if you guys want to come to that and man i think i think that's it thank you guys so much for listening i don't think i'm going to do a podcast next week just because i have a lot going on um God's been opening some doors for me, dude. It's been super cool uh, just to see his faithfulness. Um, so I don't know. going to get busy next week. Um, and I also have a, have a wedding to go through 
go-to. Uh, I'm in a groomsman. Shout out my boy Zach. Zach and Caroline, they're getting married uh, this coming weekend. So super stoked for them, super thankful for them. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow man in the middle dot podcast on Instagram. Uh, Regan dot Larson on Instagram for mine. Um, follow if you want, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, until next time, I love you guys. And you guys are so loved, uh, by the one that matters most in Jesus and I'm out. Mm-hmm.